Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Todd. My name's Obert. And is it still three friends to, that drink alone together if uh, Chris is only here for the for uh, the interview? Um, I, I think so. I mean, I think he's he's probably still drinking somewhere, wherever he is. That's true. Yeah. And he's and, he's, and he's he's officially alone at this moment. Oh, he is. I mean, well, I mean, he's not with us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Chris wanted to make it, but unfortunately, he got in a big fight with someone over... I don't know. What's the reason people get in fights? Uh, the best football team. Somebody said it wasn't the Colts. So Chris got punched in the voice box. He's not here this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, folks, Chris fell down a flight of stairs. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all love joking about Chris and his, his maybe his, his serious injuries. But no, Chris is fine. Well, anybody, we who swear. Knows, anybody who knows him as a child knows that he's very prone to being injured. So it's true. Yeah, we could we could spend a whole episode talking about the number of times that Chris has hurt himself and how he did it. Correct. But uh, we were not going to do that today, though. Instead, we're going to we have a little different episode. We're going to do just me and Tud, your your two friends today. And then we got a little special interview for you in the middle. So in the spirit of drinking alone with friend, what are you drinking, Obert? Well, thank you for asking, Tut. This is a really relaxed setting, I think, with just the two of us. Like, we really can just do connect one on one here. It's nice. Um, we might now, not. I'm not. We might not invite Chris back. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, unfortunately, well, somebody does have to do the editing. Right. Yeah. We. we he. He might. He's probably gonna cut that whole part out. <laughs> <laughs> he. He just may. I mean, he. He does have the power. He controls to, our lives. Exactly. It. Yeah. He's got the, yeah. the power of what we say. I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but sometimes like I'll tell a really funny joke, and then Chris will just say the same exact thing and cut what I said. Right. So, like right now, power. Right now, I'm about to say something against Chris, and so I'm drinking the. I believe this is pronounced "meme de la cream" or "meme de la creme." I don't know. How would you pronounce this? Um, it's got that little doohickey above the e. So yeah, so it's M E with a doohickey M E. So it's May May de la creme creme. That's I, I feel like that's, that's yeah. how they they meant it to be said. May May so de no, la creme. So this is from Windmill Brewing. This actually was shipped to me from a friend of the pod, Ben and uh, his wife Courtney. Um, this is one of the most highly rated breweries in the Chicago area, I believe. Um, they do a lot of cool lactose beers. They sent me a few of them, and I was saving this one to do on the pod. Um, so this is a double milkshake style IPA with mangoes and, uh, it's made now with more memes, as you can see. How, like how many more memes? It doesn't say, we'll just assume they are 30% more memes. Okay. They got 30 IBUs on this 9.4% ABV, um, comes in a nice meme style looking can. You definitely get that mango aroma. I'm getting a little bit of like strawberry as well. So here we go. So I think Brendan's going to like it. His face seems very happy. Yeah, this is tasty. It's different. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying the milkshake IPA craze that's been going on lately. This is a really nice balanced lactose, um, very well, full body to mouth feel, I guess would be the way to describe it. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the lactose beer craze has been sweeping the nation, it seems. It all started with I think Tired Hands right outside of Philadelphia was like the first one to really 
burst on the scene with adding lactose to an IPA. And now it seems oh, like I everybody. Know that. Yeah. yeah. Now it seems like everybody and their uncle has one. And they're all pretty good. They usually make the beers a little thicker, obviously, because there's milk in it. Um, but overall, they've, you know, they, they, they're able to hide a lot of bitter or a lot of bitterness behind the milk. So you actually get a lot more fruit forward flavors on those types of beers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I believe the way they make it. Well, okay, let me let me say this. Let me talk about the beer first, and we can talk more about lactose IPAs. But um, this beer with a with a description of a double milkshake IPA with mangoes, you would think this would be a really overpowering beer, something that maybe even after just a few ounces of, you'd get sick of. But I could definitely drink this full sixteen ounce can um, and still be ready for more because this isn't this isn't too heavy. I think that you get that problem sometimes with the lactose beers that they're really heavy. Um, this is a good, easy drinker um, that I could that I could keep drinking. I think. With that being said, I'm going to do one more sip before I give the final review here. This comes in at a 4.0, I believe, which is which wow. is pretty good for me. That's yeah, yeah, that's like a that's like a five. Yeah, this comes way of Chicago back to Indiana, back to Connecticut, shipped to Montana. So. That, that this, beer seems some shit. This beer had to go a long way. And actually, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Windmill Brewery. So Windmill Brewery is in Dyer, Indiana, which is right on like the Illinois-Indiana line. Okay. Like right outside of like the East Chicago area. Um, but yeah, Ben and Courtney went there. They said it was great. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, if, I'm, if I ever make it out, if I'm driving through that area, I'll make sure I stop in. Well, I'm, I'm kind of upset at, at, at Ben for not sending me any beer. I mean, where's my care package, man? I took care of your yeah. I, I took care of your house for two years, and this is the thanks I get. Right? Yeah, you know, you would think that he would have left you a little something for your for your trouble. Right. I mean, I made sure it didn't burn down to the ground, and it's still there. Yeah, and we're recording on a Sunday today. I just saw uh, Snap. He's at Treehouse right now, so maybe you should text him and be like, "Yo, give me some beer." <laughs> yeah, I need a thank you for you know not not. You know, leaving him a pile of ash. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, uh, getting back to what we were talking about, I think we need Chris to keep us on track here or something. But um, how they make milkshake IPAs is normally when you're in the brewing process, you add finishing sugar. Um, instead of adding um, glucose or you know, table sugar, whatever, they add lactose. And we might have talked about that before in the pod, but just as a refresher, so that's what gives it that that lactose and then the yeast digests that like they would ferment glucose um but i think that just that different process leaves that residual lactose in the in the beer correct and so it it's really not good for people with lactose intolerance so if you do have a lactose intolerance you should not drink lactose ipas surprise surprise right <laughs> <laughs> same thing with milk stouts people if you're lactose intolerant don't drink those either so todd what are you drinking <laughs> So I am drinking double-barreled bourbon whiskey that was aged 10 years by Litchfield Distillery. Uh, as everybody can recall, I went to Litchfield Distillery probably a, about a month or so and picked up some of their whiskey to bring home. And I got two different bottles. This is the first of those two bottles. And I wanted to bring it to the pod so I could share my thoughts on it. This one's a little unique because the juice that they use is not their own. And by juice, I mean the, the mash that they're using and like the... The stuff in the barrels, that's called juice. Oh, I didn't in, know that term. Yeah. In whiskey terms, that's the stuff in the barrels before they do anything with it. So Litchfield Distillery has only been around for four or five years. So obviously them having a 10-year-old bourbon 
is not really feasible. So what they did, because they wanted to get you know a little bit something a little bit older, so they would they'd have like a high value mark for one of their bourbons, is they found a distillery out there that had some juice that was very similar to Litchfield Distillery's uh, mash bill, and they bought. Okay, it. so I don't think I understand this juice fully. So it's it's comes off the still, right? It's, it's alcohol. Right. It's distilled liquor. Correct. It just hasn't been aged yet. Right. So this so when it's once it's been distilled, they have the liquid, from that point on until it's bottled, it is called juice. Whether it's in the barrel or going into the barrel. That's it's the it's the juice from the mash bill after you you know, you distill it, you add the water, all that stuff. It's just a it's the it's basically so, bourbon already, but not quite so, aged long enough. So PBR's Juice it only lasts five seconds before it becomes bourbon. Correct. <laughs> right. Right. So that's okay. That that's mash- interesting. I always wondered about that. You know, when you're opening, when you're starting a new distillery, like it's a long process. You know, right. it's like starting an orchard or something. It takes a long time to get a finished product, or like a uh, in the same vein as an orchard, like a winery. Right. It takes a long time for the grapes to grow. So this is kind of their way to kickstart that process. So I know we, this is a long lead up here. So you look thirsty. I am. Um, I am. Let me let me take a little sip of this. So that's very good. Uh, it, it's a lot of corn. You definitely taste the fact that it's seventy five percent corn compared to others, which are probably fifty one. So it's a little bit more mellow, if that's the proper okay. term. It's got a is nice it sweeter. Does the no, corn make it sweeter? No, no, definitely not. It makes it. This is going to sound weird, but it makes it a, almost wheatier. Because it just—I don't know—I don't know why. It See, that's really weird. counterintuitive to me. Right. That more corn would make a more of a wheat or oat flavor. And it might have been because it's double barreled, and that—that that might be what's causing the weedier taste. It's—it's it's definitely a very oaky for what it is. Obviously, because it's been in two different barrels, so it was aged in one barrel and then transferred to another barrel and aged more. Okay. So I—I I would imagine that you would get the. It like supercharges the barrel flavor. It it does. It it adds. It makes sure that that oak flavor is like permeated throughout the entire sip. Definitely a lot of a lot of oak. I don't know if I'd say toasted roasted toasted banana, but <laughs> let me let me take another sip. Yeah, Ted's really mulling on this one. It's a complex drinker. It seems like. Well, after I've and after I saw the the flavor spiral from Flaviar, I'm trying to pick out more of these notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit of like currants, I think it was, would be the term that I'm looking for. Or maybe like a, what are those little things? They're oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Starfruit? No. No, no, not starfruit. <laughs> what, what does a plum become when it's like dried out? Are you talking about prunes? There you go. Yeah. yeah it's a, so you it's, get a little pruniness. It's a little pruniness. Uh, definitely some, some currants in there. Overall, I think it's pretty good. I'd probably give this probably a 375. It's not my favorite bourbon but it's a really easy drinker i think and it's, this this again is what is it called from litchfield distillery it is the double barreled bourbon whiskey it's been aged for 10 years okay it's, they need to come up with a more creative name than that yeah you know? well i think they're gonna i think they're gonna have better names once once they have their own 10 year when they get their own juice right when they have the, and their own juice is currently aging so that's coming in about five or six years okay yeah well when maybe we'll have them back on for episode three hundred and twenty, <laughs> something like that. I will say that 
I think that this bottle, we talked about price last time of the last one I drank. This bottle was expensive. It's like 60, 70 bucks for a bottle of this. I don't know if it's okay. worth that price. But you're paying that small local distillery markup. Right. I'm willing to spend which, a little bit more because it is local. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I want to I wanna support Connecticut and help it grow. That way, you know, my two friends can move back to the state eventually because we're going to have a booming economy and be the best state in the country. Just a full, purely alcohol-based economy. Right. <laughs> Is, how can, can you imagine a better economy than fully alcohol-based? No, I really can't. Yeah, I saw an interesting quote today from uh, River Runs Through It. It's a book and then a movie about Montana. And I believe the quote was, uh, in Montana, drinking beer doesn't count as drinking. <laughs> like I like that. I like that quote. Now, does a river actually run through Montana? Through Missoula, this the the um, it's a and that's the where the setting of the town or the setting of the book is in Missoula. And I think technically there's three rivers that run through it, kind of like Pittsburgh. Interesting. Yeah, um, it's a you know little mini handle here. Check it out. River runs through it. You should. It's a good movie. Good book. So as we mentioned earlier. We're going to be adding in an interview here that Chris did with Flights Brewhouse in Pleasant View, Tennessee, and he talked to their head brewer and one of the owners. So he talked to John Nelson. John is a uh, veteran of the United States Marine Corps and a former police officer, and he decided that he was going to start a brewery and left all that behind to start a brewery. It seems like every month they pick a different charity to donate some of their uh, proceeds to, and currently in the month of April, they are donating their proceeds to Convoy of Hope, a faith-based non-profit organization. So not Very only cool. not only are they gr- brewing great craft beer, but they're supporting a great cause as well. Cool. So we'll see everybody on the other side of this interview for some handles. So stick around after that. But uh, all right, enjoy. Hey, folks. This is Chris from Drinking Alone with Friends, and I have the luxury of speaking to both John and Trish of Flights Brew House here in Pleasant View, Tennessee. Hello. 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 How are you doing? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. So thank you so much for having me in. You know, uh, John actually just threw a, mis- a mystery beer into the mash. So <laughs> keeping it secret. Everything's secret here, but but that's good. So I wanted to sit down because uh, you guys are brand brand new, or at least relatively brand new. When did you guys open? Or February 1st, we did a soft opening, but open to the public that Monday, but even kept that kind of quiet. Um, so a little, little over a month, and we'll have a grand opening. You know, we'll plan a big grand opening uh, down the road. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So let's, what's your, where did you come from? Why did you choose Pleasant View? All of that fun stuff. So you want to go first? And um, we're, I'm originally from Michigan and uh, we, my parents moved to California. So we were living in California uh, before we came here and we were looking to get out of California and didn't want to go back to Michigan because it's too cold. (laughs) And uh, I have family in in the northern part of Idaho and the same thing, um, too cold. And and John uh, was from He's lived most of his life in Southern California, so living and working in the snow and driving in the snow, I, you know, he doesn't know what that's like, and, and I do. And <laughs> I lived in Northern California, and it, it gets cold up there too, and snows. So we couldn't 
decide where we wanted to go. And we came out here to visit friends who live in Pleasant View that had been living in California that John has known for since well, 90, at least years. 25 years. Yeah. yeah, at least 25 years. And I had been out here for work for some conferences in Nashville. And so when we came out to visit, we were just like, it was the aha moment of, okay, this was the place we could both agree upon that we wanted to live. So we went back and two years later, we sold everything, literally sold everything, <laughs> shipped our cars out, uh, shipped um, our what little bit of, you know, furniture, obviously, and clothing and things like that, that we, we held on to, shipped it out in a pod, uh, rented a motorhome, loaded up our dogs, some food and hit the road. And we got here on, we literally pulled in on Valentine's day at 2 PM in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Two plus of you in our friend's driveway, um, that live here. And so now we've been here a little over a year. That's awesome. That's really yes. cool. It's uh, yeah. I love it here. It's beautiful people, everything. Well, yeah. it's green. It. We don't know what that's like. No? We, we lived in a drought for five years in uh, California, so okay. so to see it so green and in it to rain, yeah, it, rain. It, it doesn't it make rains. sense to people yeah, that, that haven't experienced a drought. Not to get off the sidetrack of beer, but oh, no. um, it, it's just, I, like I've been telling people since we've been here, it, I've lived where there's no water, and now I've lived where there's like too much water sometimes that comes out of the sky, <laughs> and I think I much prefer the too much. Okay. Yeah. Having no water is is, is can be very scary. It's I, I very think scary. I think the biggest point of that is at least it's water and not snow or hail yes, or any of that. Yes, so, yes. I mean our listeners know, but I'm from Connecticut originally, so driving in the snow I completely understand. So not a lot of fun, but awesome. That's really, really cool. So brew house. That's very exciting. I mean, I'm looking up at the wall. I'm drinking a delicious uh, Dogfish Head 75 minute IPA right now, which is yep. really, really good. And uh, so why, why beer besides the fact that it's delicious and it's fun? <laughs> you know, we've always done, when, when we got into the craft beer many years ago, we just, we loved it. And just the people that come around, um, you get a lot, you, uh, you meet a lot more people, establish new relationships from it. And the beer, it's changing all the time, the yeah. flavors. And there's so many good brewers out there that come up with incredible ideas. And we just, we just love beer. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we, we, they, lived, we, actually, we lived near San Diego too. County, which has like 300 breweries. Yeah, oh, wow. probably, breweries. probably 400 now. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Stone, obviously, being probably the biggest oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. Stone. Stone, Stone was like was literally in our yeah. backyard um, and to, to visit and tour their facility and they've got actually to a fabulous restaurant um, they have gardens there on there and what I mean by gardens is like walking paths and fountains almost you know like a little bit like an English gardens I that but in California um, that you can wander through and we just, every single place we've gone to is so different, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I don't mean different just in the beers, but different themes, mm-hmm. right? Um, so so we just, we've always loved that. Um, we have, a, obviously, common interest in, in, in craft beers and tasting them and going to these different places. We love to travel, so that's kind of what kicked it off. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's nothing for us to drive 50, 60 miles to go to a brewery just oh, to yeah. taste the beer. Okay. We get out of the phones, and that's yeah, our it's... favorite thing to do. Not not so much anymore because, you know, we can't ever get away from you know, beer. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Because <laughs> now we just order it in. But, uh, um, but yeah, we, we do love to do that. Or if we're just in a, a new place, any new place. Like when we first got here, like I said, we pulled in Valentine's Day. I think the next day we were on our phones looking for where, you know, obviously we knew Nashville had them, but, we, you know, what was up around the Clarksville area yeah. or the Kentucky or, and yeah, we did, we, we found them and got in our car and off we went. Yeah, there's, there's, there, I mean, there's quite a few. I mean, I'm from, I live in Clarksville now. I'll be moving to North Carolina. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good, good beer scene out here. I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. And like you were saying, People are awesome. Yes. Like the people are great. Well, I was uh, post on um, Facebook through through our Facebook. Um, it was a I think they call them community posts. There was a community post on there that now in Tennessee there are a hundred craft breweries. And the last time we looked, we looked at a magazine. Or there were like forty three. Wow. Okay. And they now did. You know, obviously, like some type of compilation of it, and there are now now a hundred. Right. That's yeah. That's that's crazy. I mean, Connecticut, for being a small state, has I think eighty something. So it's very small. But I mean, I love my I love my New England IPAs. Being <laughs> from New England, but so one thing that we talk about sometimes because our show we three people three different states, right? We talk about the difference in like beer culture. So coming from California or Michigan, if you know, back in the day, what kind of differences do you see from you know California and Michigan uh, versus Tennessee in like the beer culture? Oh, um, sorry, threw you for a loop there. <laughs> no, not really. Um, so the one thing that we noticed was uh, the IPAs. That's a big difference. Um, West Coast style, it had. There's more bitter to it, but also um, uh, there's a lot of aromatics to it as well. And we noticed that uh, the New England style, they're not near as bitter. They're lighter. Yeah, they're, they're lighter. lighter. Yeah, they're, 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 they're a little thinner. Um, they're just uh, not as much hops, not near as much bitterness to it, a lot of aromatics. And then Michigan, from what uh, we've noticed, is uh, it's in the middle. You know, it so it, it's just a good compromise between the two. Okay. So nice. that's what I've noticed in my own palate. Yeah. So I don't know how I mean that's the easiest way for me to explain it, I guess. So yeah. But the West Coast style is definitely it's uh it's kind of a punch you in the face type of a, a hot beer. Yeah, and you from what I, my experience and of course they like you said, there's hundreds of different breweries doing hundreds of different right. things. Yes. Like you get more of like the pine and like, you know, more earthy from a West Coast versus like more citrus, more juice yes. in, in, a, in a New England, mm -hmm. which is where that bitterness yep. definitely, definitely shifts. So I've had a few Michigan beers. Actually, one of our co-hosts is uh, from Michigan. So uh, she has talked about them a handful of times. She loves Michigan beers. She does good, good stuff up there. But... Yeah, so that's that's very cool. What about the people? Like, have you noticed a big change in people versus you know California? Or I mean, I know um, the only difference I would say is more like we were saying coming from 
um, the area we lived in, in San Diego County, where there was 300, like, everybody's into the craft beer scene. Um, it's almost a little oversaturated down there, but kind of fun, because you can literally, you know, go to one and walk across the street. <laughs> Even yeah. in Northern California, and go to a different one. Um, wow, okay. So there's, like, Knee Deep, and then across, oh, in Northern California, stuff. I yeah. love Knee Deep. Um, knew them when they were really little uh, brewery. And then you go across the street, and there is uh, Moonraker. It is the name of another little brewery there. So it's more that it's bigger and everybody knows about it. We're here. It hasn't quite launched like that. Yes, probably Nashville because there's quite a few in Nashville. But like I said, when you've got them like right across the street from each other. Right. Um, and tap houses are popular. Too. Okay. That's kind of what we modeled this after um, we knew we just didn't want to be the big brewery, we we yeah. have more. I don't want to say more fun, but I just did. <laughs> I just did. So I'm going to go with it. It's on record. I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> that going into the tap houses when they have 20, 30 beers on tap, in in being able to try the different ones when when sometimes you go to um, a little local brewery and you might be limited to five or eight. Mm-hmm. at the most right which is fine which is great that's a, that's a lot of beer to sit and taste but unless they're constantly rotating that and making new you're kind of a little bit stuck with those five or eight for a while right to where tap houses um us being a good example right now like we had one beer that it went in two weeks so we were able to get something new up for somebody to try. Right, right. The other one went um, just the first week. A and, couple went in just a couple days. And yeah. And yeah. I, I found, I found that the difference maybe in California because there are more tap houses and more breweries and, and out here, like I said, it's just kind of getting going. So that's kind of fun to be on the front end of that and watch people's reaction when they come in here and and see all the different ones and some people I love to kind of watch their expressions and I they're a little bit like not awestruck but but maybe overwhelmed and then you start t- talking to them what do you like to drink normally what do you like right. to do whatever you used to are you willing to step out of your box and do so you know we'll give somebody a little shot a, a taste of something to um, to see if they like it or mm-hmm. not. And then that really gets them, you get them engaged. Yeah. And that for me personally, on this on this side of the bar, <laughs> um, of the counter, that's what I love, is that interaction and, and somebody's, the look on their face of, oh my gosh, I really like that, when maybe they thought they weren't going to. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I yeah. think that, that to me is a different, I know that was a really long answer <laughs> to a very simple question. So no. what I love about what we're doing is, um, it's not just our beers that we're getting ready to put up, but it's also everyone else's. And yep. on a brewer's side, um, I look at these taps and I I get new ideas. And some of them I go, I look at them and I taste them, oh my God, that is amazing. I cannot believe they came up with that. Because yeah. they're just thinking out of the box. And some of these beers are just so phenomenal. Um, like that... Uh, the Catawba Evening Joe, that blonde coffee. I've had people close their eyes before, and um, I, I tell them, just trust me, 
you know, <laughs> and just close your eyes, I'll hand the beer to you, and I tell them to smell it, and then they taste it, and they open it, and they'll never believe the way it tastes. They were expecting something completely different the way it looks. Right, right. You know, and then it gives us ideas of doing um, other types of beers too. Like we had a, a, the Elvis juice from Brew Dogs too, mm-hmm. and I never, oh. I never thought of putting grapefruit peels in there with blood orange peels in an IPA. You know, those two together, and, and it was just awesome. Yeah. So it just gives me new ideas of of what to brew and give it a try. That's cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I like, I mean, being a being being. What I do, like with the podcast and all that, I really enjoy, and I love having variety. So, I mean, I applaud you to have what twenty taps? Is that what I see? Yeah, 20? Actually, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Uh, the twenty-first is for root beer that we made. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. homemade root beer. Yeah, nice. That sounds good. And uh, so, I like that, and I like having the you know having something a little bit different for folks you know that might not. Maybe they don't enjoy your personal beers, which is crazy. I don't know how they can't, but, you know, being able to have offer something. Yeah. Well, have it, a choice. There's a lot of people that are actually like that. They come in here and they say that they don't like beer. Yeah. And yeah, they ask if, if cider, we have anything else and we have a cider. Well, I'm never going to brew a cider. Right. But we throw a cider up there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. same thing with sours. I'll never brew a sour here, but... Um, I'll brew with our friends over at Tennessee Valley Brewing Company in Clarksville. Yeah. You know, and we'll bring the blueberry one back over here. Oh, so that's a, that's it, a good one. I think I have a bottle of that at home, not yeah. going So it's a good one. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, okay, you have 20 taps. Uh, I know currently you don't have any of your own brews on tap because you're keeping them all under a big tarp, under yes. a big blanket. <laughs> so when you finally get, you know, the grand opening and you roll out beers, how many of the taps are you going to dedicate to yours? Minimum five. Minimum five. Okay. Yes. Cool. Minimum five. Awesome. That's really cool. So, and sometimes it'll, I mean, it depends. It, it, it really depends on how fast we're blowing these out. Because mm-hmm. I do all small batch, but um, we'll try to go up to sometimes eight. But what we want to do is we want to do all small batch and keep everything rotating, including our beers as well. And it, not one brewery has the best beers of Every, of every style. Oh no. You know, but there are some incredible beers, or there's some incredible breweries out there that have, like, they make an incredible stout mm-hmm. that a lot of people like, you know, and another one may make an IPA that people love. Or, so, and that's what we want to showcase, things like that. Right. So, and everyone has a different palette as well. So. No. Well, are, are there just, like we get asked a question a lot or at least I do when I'm serving of well what's your favorite beer and I always tell people I said that's that's hard that's really hard because you have IPAs you have stouts you have ales you have sours you have ciders even though ciders but it's all in so I have a favorite out of each one of them okay that and then I always tell people I have a go-to. I mean, if if I'm really like need a beer, <laughs> bad day, need a beer. Yeah. Um, I will. It's on twenty. <laughs> I always will go to the Dogfish Head ninety minute IPA. Okay. All right. If I'm in the store That's and solid. I want a beer, it's the it's yep. the Dogfish ninety minute. Nice. That is my beer. It always has been. It has been for over ten years. That that's my go-to, but like I said, I, I have many favorites, and I love trying different different ones. 
Yeah. Um, and there are the ones where, like John was saying, it's like, yeah, no, I don't like that that one, that particular one from a brewer, but you might like something else, and that's the fun of it. Oh yeah, no, it's absolutely. It's it. it's it's like so much fun, and like you know, we've been doing. We've been doing this podcast for like six months now, right? And like every week we have on a beer, we have on a something, you know, whatever it may be. A lot of beer, mostly beer. <laughs> but like we really enjoy trying all these, all these like crazy beers or, you know, maybe something, you know, I had a red from King's Bluff in, yeah. in Clarksville. I'm not the biggest red fan, but like something about it was just really good. It, like, they added something that you know cut down on the the red flavor, you know, and right. it it was more more of a caramel than it was like a like a red. So it was it was really really good. I really enjoyed it. But that's just one thing that we 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 enjoy. And me and my two buddies that we do this with, like, we'll go and we'll get a flight, and then like if there's more beers on tap, we'll get another flight, <laughs> like, because that's the, that's the thing. It's like it's so it's so good. So. I know you you alluded to so your ninety minute IPA is your your go to that's the, mm-hmm. the 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 one so what's your do you have a favorite style to drink or is it just Pro- probably IPAs just coming um, coming from the West Coast and starting out over ten years ago with that dogfish mm-hmm. so I'm always looking for an IPA that will will compare to that or knock it out in like the place you know I'm, I'm just one of those kind of people on a personality wise like I'm always look, searching for that next best thing yeah um you know whether it be coffee or, or yeah beer that wine, 90 minute is pretty awesome but right? I I and haven't so, yet yeah. had anything be able to replace that that 90 minute um and I I probably when it's when it's you know hot and you're working out in the yard and now I can't sit and you know knock back one of those in the sun because it's right, the high right. alcohol content. I can. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. I weigh what maybe one twenty-five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's on record. So, now, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot about that. Um, so you know the high alcohol content, but you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I will switch to to a lighter beer when it's hot out or I'm doing right. something. Yeah. You want that quick, refreshing beer, but definitely IPAs. I, I'm always gonna love IPAs. Like you were just, we were talking about it earlier. There's so many different so IPAs. Many. It's it's uh, it should be its own like category. Not what do I want to say? There's beer, there's cider, there should be IPAs. Yeah, it's because true. Because you could probably there are probably. 5,000 different tasting IPAs out there. Oh, and I'm not exaggerating with all the breweries. You know, you've got the New England, you've got the West Coast. And, well, there's and a lot of them where they're can, saying they're IPAs, and, but you they only put, have that bitterness where I think it's more of a pale ale. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you can put, you, you know, the big thing to me now that we're seeing a lot um, is the fruit, right? Yeah. The fruit in the yeah. beers and the IPAs. Um, you know, grapefruit and blood oranges and just different types of fruits so yeah i've yeah. actually seen uh, i've seen like strawberry and peach yeah, and mango, mango mangoes and, yeah. yeah we like the mangoes one. and the apricots um, yeah. a- apricot so that's I. that tastes well that's another dogfish dogfish <laughs> does an apricot yeah oh really they call it apricot and, and that's a pretty that, that one is beer. yeah and then my favorite ones is um you know i'm i'm ipa in the but then 
I also like my dark beers and she does too, but my favorite beer of all time is, it's the uh, New Orleans Brewing Company Dragon's Milk. Oh yes, yes, that's a solid one. Yeah. yeah. And then if you can get it, like in the bourbon barrels, the barrel That's the ones. one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, okay. Asian yeah. bourbon barrels. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just, See? it is just unbelievable. And we yeah. stumbled across that by accident. We were visiting her family. Mm-hmm. And um, we all walked into the brewery and... Um, in Holland, Michigan. Yeah, in Holland, Michigan. And I saw, I saw probably, probably about two-thirds of the people. It was probably about two-thirds, right? Drinking a dark beer, something like that. Yeah. And... Um, I didn't know what to get in there, so I walked up to a table, and that's what's so cool about a brewery. People don't mind you walking up to them and asking them, what are you drinking? Right, yeah. And so I did that to them. I walked up and I said, hey, do you mind if I ask what you're drinking? And they said, dragon's milk. And I went, dragon's what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, it's dragon's milk. Trust me, you'll like it. If you like a stout, you'll love this. I went, okay. That's all I needed to know. Right. So I, uh, we waited for the um, person to come up to help us, and I said, I'd like to have a dragon smoke, please. And everyone else ordered something, another type of beer. My beer was the most popular beer on our table. I didn't get to drink my whole beer. So everyone <laughs> took a lot of, Everyone had a lot of my beer. So. That's awesome. That's, yeah, and I, I mean, love it. That's a delicious beer, though. It is. I mean, it's it really is. good. Really, really good. Yeah. So is there... In this, uh, we'll we'll wrap up in a minute or two, but we're having mm-hmm. fun. So, um, but is there one beer? I know maybe it's the Dogfish ninety minute, but is there one beer where way back in the day you were like, man, I want to make this, or I want to make something like this? Basically, the one that started it all. Like, yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, my first experience on drinking a craft beer, a homemade beer. Oh, okay. I didn't like beer. Oh really? Yeah. I was. In, I know it's weird. So Ooh, it's a it's a long way coming. <laughs> I was, in 1995, I was in the Marine Corps and uh, went to a friend's house, and his dad asked me if I wanted a beer. I said, "No, I'm I'm good, sir." And uh, I told him, "I'm not really. I don't really like beer all that much." And um, he said that he had his own homemade beer. I went, what do you mean you made your own beer? <laughs> You're not and allowed to do that. It was a a, a jalapeno IPA. Ooh, okay, all right. And that was it. That was it. That's that, and that's, that's what really got me on it. And then um, uh, when she brought home, along, it was, I forgot how many years ago that was, but the, then she brought home the 90-minute mm-hmm. IPA. That's when we realized that's what an IPA is supposed to be. And that really changed There's it for us, There's kind of too. a great story to that. Yes. To that beer, into yeah. Dogfish Head as a brewery that I kind of, I, I t- I've told this story in so many different interviews, paper, radio, you know, Facebook. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. <laughs> um, but it, but it's, I think it's a great story. So 10, 12 years ago, we were watching Discovery Channel and ran across an episode of them with Dogfish Head. Oh, wow. Sam. 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 And yeah. I can't, I can never pronounce Sam's last name because it's Italian and I don't want to butcher it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we watched it. Like I said, we stumbled upon it and there was like only maybe four or five episodes and it was such a good little, I don't know why Discovery didn't run with it and it probably now wishing they would have when the crap we were seeing was taking off, but he was so entertaining and 
I was coming home from work one night and stopped at the grocery store and was going to get a bottle of wine. And so, you know, walking down the right, wine on the right, beer on the left in this grocery store right by our house. And I look over and I see Dogfish Head. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that TV show on, <laughs> or, on Discovery. The, oh my God, there it is. That's and awesome. I said, I'm, I'm going to get some. And I just grabbed it because it was the only one there. I didn't even pay attention. It was a 90 minute, a 60 minute, an opera hop. I just grabbed it. Right. I'm on duty. And, uh, I'm, and, I'm on duty. I was a police officer, so I get this call. <laughs> she bought and, this beer. And I, yeah, I, and it was $10 for four of them. Yeah, and that. And, and I, I went, <laughs> yeah, and I handle all the finances in, 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 in the family, both for the business and for us personally. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you just spent that on beer. That's just so not you know. Well, but my rationale was I would have paid that for a bottle of wine. That's a good point. Would have paid point. that for a decent bottle of wine. Or more. Right. Or more. more. Yeah. But then, you know, like I said, that was 10, 12 years ago. Um, so I did, got it home, and um, he came home, and we popped it open, and been drinking it ever since. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and we love watching that show, too, because he, just the passion that he and uh, his crew had for brewing beer, and just the story, you know, of him being in college and then having the restaurant, and then um, when he... I, from what I remember on the show was uh, he really got on the map after the pumpkin chunkin competition and he had the pumpkin ale over there and he won it. He won the competition <laughs> of pumpkin ale. It's not pumpkin, it's pumpkin. Pumpkin, yeah. yeah. Pumpkin. And that, that is a really good pumpkin Yeah. Ale. For the season. You know I what? I don't it, know if I've had that one. You have to try it. Okay. So every, right. time, every time I get a pumpkin style a pumpkin type of a beer, mm -hmm. I always compare it to that one, and I okay. have not had one that matches yeah. it. Yeah. Do they release it every year? Pumpkin chunk? Yes. Okay, all right. All right. The, well, cool. the pumpkin chunking is a competition oh, that catapults and they throw it in Delaware, yeah. Okay. You know, have you ever seen that where they have the catapults and they throw the pumpkins about uh, probably 2,000 feet? Yes, I've seen that's where it was at. Pieces, yeah. okay, okay, so that's where it was at, and he actually had his beer there. They had okay. a competition, he won it. And that's from what I remember him saying. That's what really set them on the map. From that. Oh wow. Yeah, and that beer is awesome. <laughs> it is so good. And I just love how they always. He says he um, was it. Uh, thinks on the far side or the left left side or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he just comes he out. Says, he thinks he comes up with things out of the box, and yeah. that's how people should be. You know, just. Well, Just try creative. to be creative. It is right. Creative. Yeah, that's the I thing mean, about it. Brewers are, are artists in their own right. They oh, really absolutely. are. I mean, anybody who and a lot of them are good cooks too. You yeah. know, because uh, we're brewing beer, and you think of different things to uh, cook food too, and, and it's just, it's fun doing that. So I call so, it scratch cooking. So I was about to say. call it scratch <laughs> brewing. Just you know, you grab whatever I is just, around. I love, and I love food. And I love beer, and <laughs> I, I love. So, you know, so good, Trish, good does, does John make a good, good make a good meal? Yeah, yeah, John's a cook. Okay, I right. don't cook. I, I just I want to make sure. <laughs> I, I cook because we have to eat. Yeah, that's, and, that's and right, right now he's busy here, so <laughs> she's, it's, yeah, actually it's, she's been doing all the cooking because I've been, been so busy over here. Been left to me, yeah. which I, I have no passion for it. 
Maybe <laughs> if I pour myself a good beer or a big glass of wine, then I can get into it a little bit better. But it's, to me, more one of those, oh, my God, I have to eat, so I, I have to cook. <laughs> I, like, I like making a really nice but, meal because it's just the flavors that come out of it, and then you make it nice on the plate, too. So it's not just the flavors, but it's also the presentation of it. And then you're enjoying your company, too. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And you know, that's why yeah. he, he brews and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. You know, and just stuff like this too. You know, we're here, here, enjoying each other and uh, yeah. having a good beer. Absolutely. So, and that's what that's what this is about. You Absolutely. Know, and, and that's why we have this type of environment. So, not to mention, um, when we have people come here, um, we notice that people sometimes tend to be a little bit of they're in a little bit of a hurry when they finish their beer, and we tell them, "You don't need to leave. We understand that." You, some people just want to sit here, decompress, even though you don't have a beer, just relax. Right. Take a breath, you know, talk to the people next to you, and then when you're ready, then leave. But you don't have to leave. Right away. Even when we're closing, you know, you don't need to leave. Just relax. That's and, awesome. And that's what we try to let everyone know. Yeah, about we'll that vacuum too. around you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Can you pick up your stool, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we, we see a lot of um, young mommies and daddies that come in here, and they um, it's very hard for date night. Yes, yes. So but As and, a young mommy and daddy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we so, know. <laughs> exactly. And we tell them that, you know, just you don't need to have any more beer in, to stay here. Just relax and enjoy each other because that's what it's about. You have date night. Yeah. You don't need to purchase anything else anymore just to relax here and enjoy each other. So that's what we try to try to let everyone know. That's well. really, it's yeah. really, I appreciate that yeah. as, <laughs> as someone with a 14 month old at home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll wrap up cause I know you're opening soon. Um, but what, so when can we expect your beers on tap? I know. I don't know what they are. I won't listen if you don't want me to. For sure, they will be the following. Uh, I could tell you. Uh, I know for a for sure date that I, will. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. You don't want to do that right no. now. No. Okay. Just just because we've been sitting there. Sure. Well, you know, we'll have them up in two weeks, and and it's it's hard. That's another thing I kind of like to get out there to any new brewery or any new business opening people. You would don't believe how much work goes into it and how much there is to do. <laughs> and you can't come out of the box with everything right. at once. Yeah, hard. Um, if we were just going to obviously just be a brewery without the other taps, yeah, you got to have your beers ready and, and come out with it. That was never our business model. That was our business model uh, up until about six months ago when John said, no, I'm going to brew my own beer. And I had to re rework all the spreadsheets to see if we could finance it to and think, you know, God for me over budgeting on some other things, we were able to, to throw the, the equipment in there that we needed to brew. So that's it still uh, stayed on budget and, and actually under it. That's, that's awesome. Why a little bit plus some other things that have cropped up along the way of us trying to get this place open and going sets us back so you know we were telling people oh it'll be a couple weeks well those couple weeks have been long gone <laughs> so that's why i'm just hesitant to put a date on it because it it like i said you wouldn't believe kind of the stuff that crops up that where he can't even get back there 
um, right. you know, yeah. to brew in, in there are only so many hours in the day. And as it is, we're putting in 16 hours plus and get to sleep at some point and eat here and there. It's overrated. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we have, we have beers that are carbonating. We have beers that are fermenting right now. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that's the right. nice thing about we, it. We, well, we'll say this. We're right there. Okay. I mean, cool. and yeah. I've been telling everybody I will. I think I've, I'm, you know, going to pat myself on the back here a little bit, doing a pretty good job of, of with the social media and mm-hmm. updating and, and putting the different things that are going on and where we're at with it. Right. So I will. Uh, obviously, will be a huge announcement mm-hmm. once they are ready. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, in Berlin, we took some pictures of a couple beers that we're mashing now. So, but cool. uh, we're not letting people. We're not telling people exactly what we're making. So okay. it, that's for the grand opening, you know, because a lot of people um, really want to try our beers. And you know what? Um, we just want to make it a special thing to where it's a surprise. This is what we have. And um, and the, we've been planning on the type. We were going to brew a different type of beer until I started um, seeing how everyone was, what everybody was ordering. And that's what was really interesting. So that actually changed some of the beers that we were going to be brewing. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay, there we yeah. go. That's, so. that's feeding off those guest taps, like you were saying before. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, and, and just for the listeners, he's not just saying that for the podcast. I asked him before. He said, no, 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 you're not allowed to know. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even bring him back there to show him nope, what we were brewing. Nope. Um, I, I just saw some Lowe's buckets, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I saw. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having thank me you. in thank here. You. I appreciate yeah, this fun. so much. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I might have a friend come in, so I might stick around and drink for a little bit. But uh, that's we got plenty of beer. I, I, I see a bunch up there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you, thank you so much. Do you guys want to put yourself over right now? Do it. Uh, what social media is? Where can they find you? That's all that. There you go, yeah. Trish. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, website um, you can even download the digital pour app so we have um, our beer menu if you want to call it that is electronic and run by digital pour program okay and you can download that app and it will show you where all the breweries restaurants that run the digital pour app are at and what they have on tap yeah which is really cool because it's got the pricing, the size of the glasses, where the keg levels are, where the beers are from, the alcohol volume, the IBUs in them. It's it's a cool. You see app. how that works? Yeah, I'm sure you've seen so, that before, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I will say, I mean, just to touch on that, like if you have this digital pour app, it's like so cool because say there's one in particular that you want to try and you see that the keg is red, it means hurry up, come yes, down here, get, get it right down. away. And, so and it's really the cool. Same with ours, when ours are on, because it's all yeah. integrated through our point of sale system. Oh wow, nice, and, awesome! And so ours will be up there with our logo, cool. and as you can see, it's it's the logos of the brewery, or if it's that particular beer's label, like right. Tennessee Valley is a good example. I mean, that's not their their logo. Um, but it's for the best dome brown, so that's, that's the, the label for the, 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 label, yeah. or the, wow, the okay. label. Nice. And same with the Bell's Hop Slam. That is the, oh, nice. the Hop Slam Yeah, we have Hop Slam. Label. We actually have 
two kegs. So nice. yeah. you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had we had a couple of companies trying to buy it from us. It's not happening. That's so we're spread out. I feel there's also something called Foursquare. Is another. Yep. Um, yep. We're on that. Um, untapped. Um, that's more checking in. Not mm-hmm. you. You have to with Untapped since we're not brewing our own yet. Well, but you earn your badge with untapping, you know, so I hope that'll be down the road, but... No, we're not serving, we're, we're already brewing, we're not serving. Right, yeah. that's what I mean, oh. you, you, so, so we'll be on all of those, but th- that is, is the best. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, digital pour out. Awesome, yeah, and of course, when you're listening to this, go check the show notes, we'll have links to all of that stuff, so you'll be able to go click and you'll be directed right to Flight's Brewhouse, so don't worry about that, but... Thank you again for spending this afternoon with me. I appreciate it a lot. We appreciate it. Yeah. So John, Trish, appreciate you. And hope when you get those, when you unmask those beers, hopefully I'll be here to drink some of them. (laughs) We would love to have you here. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, I guess uh, if we're drinking alone, you do it with friends. Yes. Exactly. That's what you do. So awesome. Cool. Wow. What a great interview. Yeah, that, that was so, that was amazing. So interesting. Yeah, I like the part when he talked about the beer and and how he makes it. And, you know, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, good job, Chris. Very good at interviewing skills. Yes. Um, so I guess it's that time, Todd, when we raise our frosty mug. Um, we actually had to get a, a third mug made, not one with three handles or four handles, but one with sadly only two. Yeah, this is starting to get really expensive. I know. Well, fortunately, we already have most of us have handles with, mugs with one handle. So right. Yeah. Right. So, the, so the one time where one of us has to do the entire episode by themselves, yeah, we, we've got that covered. The the drinking alone episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard to do talking straight for an hour. But I guess there's podcasters out there that do. Anyway, um, Ted, do you want to go first or second? Yeah. So yeah, I go ahead. You know what? You okay? You brought it up. You got yeah. the you got the mug made. You called the glass the glass blower. You had it blown. You take it home. So I have a bit of a different handle this week than usual. Okay. Mine is either going to be something that you've never heard of before or something like, duh, yeah, I use this all the time or I buy this all the time. And that's squash. Um, Tim's Potato Chips. Um, Todd, have you ever heard of Tim's Potato Chips? Not in the least. Yeah. They are a Washington State-based brand. Um and if you are a listener of ours and you are in the western half of the U.S., you're like, oh, yeah, I love chips. But if you're in the eastern half of the U.S., you're like, oh, what is this? I've never heard of these chips before. Is that like a Cape Cod potato chip kind of? It's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. It's uh, kettle cooked. It's got a good similar crunch to Cape Cod. We can't really get the Cape Cod chips out here. Not so super surprising. Um, but I think that they have a little bit more weight to them than cape cod chips like they're a little thicker cut i want to say okay um their jalapeno variety is really good they have a bunch of different stuff i looked you can get them shipped to connecticut if you're willing to pay the 50 dollars in shipping which i highly recommend no one does um yeah i think it's like (laughs) for like a box of 24 like family size bags so it's just a lot of air to ship i think um they're good they're not worth paying shipping for but if you happen to be from the eastern states which i know many of our listeners are and traveling through the western states and you see a bag with red and white stripes on it that says tim's um i'm telling you now pick it up 
It's, it's a good chip. It sounds like their bag is almost a ripoff of Cape Cod as well. Imagine like a carnival tent. Those are the, the red and white uh, okay. striped. Yeah. Here, I'm going to send you the link and then we'll put this in the show notes as well. Um, so, you know, there's a really easy way for Tim's and or Cape Cod to make it to the other side of the country. That's to merge? No. So, Cape Cod, potato chips, obviously made in Cape Cod, is not that far from Sam Adams Brewery. So, they should just stick their chips on the, the truck as it drives across the country. Vice versa, I'm sure there's a big Oregon brewery that I'm drawing a blank on a name right now. That Well, we've talked about Deschutes. I've, I've compared them as like a West Coast kind of Sam Adams. Yeah, Reminds me a lot of that. Unfortunately, we don't get Deschutes out here. Right. Uh, so name oh, of- oh, you were looking for something that you could get out there. Correct. Oh, well, I don't know, like Sierra Nevada, Anchor Steam. There you I go. Boom. Yeah. Sierra Nevada. They could stick their chips on the Sierra Nevada trucks and ship them across the country, too. That's how we get countrywide chip distribution. I'll take like my it. I'll take my royalty checks now from Tim's and from Cape Cod or any other small business that decides to do this. I think you got to come up with pairings and, and share them, you know, like your best chip beer pairings that are out there. I mean, chips go with everything, don't they? Every beer it's can true. be benefited from a chip. Well, I can give you my quarter star review. I once had a shaken up keg of Natty Light with Funyuns. Terrible combination. <laughs> Never do that. It was really, really, really bad. Uh, I was, you know, presumably 18 at the time. But uh, You drank when you were under 21? Uh, uh, sorry, I was Insert 18 plus, face. plus three, I meant to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad pairing. But um, enough about my handle, Todd. I want to hear what you have brought for us today. Yes. So let me ask you a question before I get into my handle. Please do. Do you like risotto? I, I'm a fan. It's it's a pain in the ass to cook. Not going to lie. What if I told you that there was an easier, healthier version of this? I'm listening. Does it taste as good? It does taste as good, so long as you make Sounds it correctly. Sounds like... Okay, okay. All right. Because... You have I mean, my attention. As we all know, risotto is really a pain in the ass to make. If, as, and if anybody hasn't made it, just take my word for it. It it's was literally the first thing I said when you asked if I liked risotto. Right. <laughs> So you can do risotto with cauliflower. So that's my handle this week is cauliflower risotto. We're basically, instead of taking the orzo that turns into the risotto, you take like riced cauliflower and throw that in. And because of that, you don't have to worry about the pasta, you know, sticking and burning to the pan that you're cooking it in. Because cauliflower obviously is meant to be cooked and is not going to burn to the pan. So it actually makes it a little bit easier, but it's the but the cooking is the same way. You still take the cauliflower risotto, boil it with, you know, pick your favorite stock, you know, whether it's chicken, beef, or vegetable, until it's all absorbed, throw in the cheese, boom. There we go. Yeah, you know, um, and if you're asking what is cauliflower rice, you can buy it in the freezer section, you can buy it in the fresh section, or it's literally just a head of cauliflower over a cheese grater. That's all it is to make Correct. rice or, cauliflower. Or throw it in your blender or food processor or anything. Anything that's going to like cut it up. Yeah. I mean, it's just literally little dices of cauliflower. Yeah, because that was when I first saw a recipe for cauliflower rice. I was like, what is this stuff? Yeah. It's just chopped up cauliflower. Yep. And this actually, this is a hashtag keto recipe, obviously. I was going to say, you're doing, you're doing the bourbon. We got the cauliflower rice. It sounds like we're back on hashtag TudFit. We bat, we are back on hashtag TudFit. Um, we had to kind of stay away from the brewery next door. We do have to get ready for this wedding, so we've got to we've got to get 
into the groove. Fit into that suit. Right. That's the, that's what we're doing. Well, I'm getting yeah. a. Cu- I'm getting. We didn't talk about this. I'm getting a custom suit. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're going to. They're not going to cut a stitch of of fabric until two weeks before the wedding, which is a little nerve wracking. But at the same time, if it all comes out and works out, I'm going to look sharp. That's awesome, and that's really good motivation to keep on the hashtag touch fit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I got to get as small as humanly possible, so that way after the wedding, when I gain all the weight, I can no longer wear the suit again. <laughs> Right. Well, I was going to say, then that's your motivation to stay slim. <laughs> is if you next wedding you go to and you want to look good, got to got to keep in shape for that that suit. Right. And so yeah. and so with that, thank you everybody for listening. Um, I'd like to thank Litchfield Distillery for their double barrel bourbon whiskey aged ten years. Yeah, and I want to thank Windmill Brewing for the Mimi de la Creamy double milkshake style <laughs> IPA with mangoes. Are we are we going to thank Ben as well or no? Yeah. Yeah, let's thank Ben, and let's thank, and we'll thank Chris and John for that interview with Flight's Brewhouse that they did at A Pleasant View. Yes. Um, um, thank you very much, John, for taking the time to sit down with Chris. We really appreciate you being our first interview, our first official interview. So hopefully, folks, you guys enjoyed that. Uh, send us feedback. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. You know, by the way, that's, that's hashtag follow the email at dawfpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure that you send your thoughts on the interview, but also send your uh, hatred, your concerns, what you're just doing. If you have a random thought that pops in your head, we're still looking for the answer to the question that we asked last week about what was the name of the operation that Lewis and Clark undertook. Um, and Rosso Road. And, yes, and the speed on Rosso Road. We've gotten Road. some good ones back. We um, have. We're not going to reveal the high score yet. But I don't, uh, spoiler, I don't think anyone's beaten Todd. <laughs> 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 I think a couple people were alarmed at how fast he's driven on Rosso Road. Yeah, uh, um, I had a I had a stern talking to from hashtag Mom in the Pod. She oh. <laughs> she was not happy, and I you know had to inform her like I was sixteen at the time. Like I'm not sixteen anymore. I'm at no, least seventeen. Sadly, we're we're getting close to double that. <laughs> but um, if, please follow us on Untapped Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and speaking of Instagram, we we got our contest up. We talked about it last week. Yeah, so uh, so we're we're undergoing the contest on Instagram to win beers from Montana, uh, courtesy of Obert. He will be we sending some them good out. stuff there. We yeah. got a hat, bumper sticker, bottle opener, some koozies, all that stuff. I think we have nine beers, and they're all great, great ones. We've had a bunch of them on the pod before. You'll really like all the stuff we got, and we want to encourage you to enter. Yes, and so- we didn't say this last episode, but. You can also enter to win just by leaving a review on iTunes. So leave a review, let us know it's you, and that'll get you in as well to this contest to win some Montana beers. And if you haven't reviewed, even if you're not interested in winning the beers, you should really do it. It really honestly helps the show a lot, helps people find us. And we really appreciate every review. We read them all. Um, You guys have said some kind stuff on there. Yeah. And so just for clarity for everybody, this is how you enter to win the beer. You will gain one entry for every beer or drink-loving friend that you tag, and sh- you have to share and tag on Instagram. Uh, five entries. You will, you'll be given five entries for posting your favorite podcast app playing our episode. Make sure to tag us, obviously, or else we will never know if you listen to it or not. And then, as Obert was saying, you will get ten entries for giving us a review on iTunes. Previous reviews are automatically granted ten entries, but make sure that you're making it so we understand who you guys are. Um, unfortunately, we can't give credit to people who whose previous reviews don't really coincide with who they are. So make sure you're telling us. Or yeah. take a picture of it and tag us in it on Instagram. 
Yeah, that definitely works too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we wanted to say thanks for to our, our hashtag day ones who've left us reviews already. So Correct. that's why you're all you're all getting entered into the contest for leaving those reviews. And we again really appreciate it. And we'd also like to obviously, you know, give a quick shout out. Thanks to James Zakovic Designs for obviously designing our awesome drinking along with friends logo. And with that, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. No, sorry, Chris isn't here today. My name's Chris. Yeah. Oh, there he is. I didn't know yeah. he was here. <laughs> and I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. So, should we start a new podcast without Chris? I think so. Yeah? I think this is going really good. Do you think that we could get him to still edit it? That's the tough part. What we should do is we should infringe on this marital discord podcast. So, it could just be like, discorded. Discord.